about the saints who love God. And it's only to these that God works all things for good. It is for who? Those who love Him. Those who love Him. And, of course, you know, you, you think of, uh, uh, you know, we, we love God. We know that. But we know there are times when it doesn't seem like we love Him as much as we should. We, we wax and wane maybe on our, our loving God. And, of course, you have to think of Peter uh, whenever he kind of fell short of loving God and whenever uh, Christ uh, had him, met Him on that beach uh, that one day when they were, they'd been out uh, fishing and he's on the beach there and of course we know the the John 21 Peter do you love me and you know it's kind of said like well I you know I like you I like you really I really affections and then Jesus asked it again and again Peter and then Jesus you know comes along with the the word that he used Peter used and then Peter said you know I love you anyway um, he was restored you know back to to his, the ministry uh, shepherd the sheep. Feed the, feed the flock and such. Uh, he, he loved Christ, but he was really feeling really bad because he uh, had denied Christ. And uh, of course, you see what Christ does. He comes right alongside and when we need him the most, and there he is. And so our love for, for God should grow. It, uh, it, there should be more and more of that. Now, He can't love us anymore, and He doesn't ever love us any less. And I can't fathom that. I mean, it's love at its most, and it's always been that way. I can't fathom it, but He can't love us anymore because He loves us at the most that it can possibly be. Isn't that something? He doesn't. And His feelings don't go back and forth, you know. I, <laughs> he. Go ahead. Right. It's a very, very important thing to understand because with with that line of thinking that God cannot love us any more than He already does, nor any less than He already does, because it's perfect love. Therefore, we can't do anything to lose His love, mm. nor anything to gain His love. <laughs> That's the view. Isn't that great? You can use the old illustration of Tulip or Daisy. Daisy, he loves me, he loves me not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, aren't, uh, aren't we glad? Aren't we glad? It doesn't depend. Yep. Yep. Of course, I think that was why, like when you look at uh, at, at Peter there in, in John 21, we see Jesus there. You know, he, he's Jesus loved him. That was already there, you know, but, you know, he made Peter think, and of course, Jesus loved him all the way through. So I guess the question would be uh, for us is how can we better love God? You know, those who trust in Christ, they, they already love God, but we're, we're going to kind of look at this uh, this kind of theme at this time and try to get a little bit of uh, a lot of scriptures out of each one of this, these and then uh, see how uh, we can get some help from Scripture and especially from Scripture. That's really where it comes from. But uh, even old Thomas Watson here, uh, how can he help us? So it's my prayer that we could be edified and then advanced uh, in our desires and our love and affections and having an intimate relationship, communion with uh, this triune God. So um, when you think about where it says that we are to love God, there's a command in the Scripture Matter of fact, there's more than one, but uh, there's a command to love God. God says, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Matter of fact, that is the greatest commandment. You know, wait a minute, that's right, isn't it? Well, He has said that. That was way back in Deuteronomy, and then we also see the two great commandments that Jesus said. He said, you wrap the whole law and love God and love your neighbor. What starts with God, how can you love your neighbor without loving God first? And of course, Him giving this love. But there's the greatest commandment. And I think it's kind of overwhelming, in a sense, whenever He gives this command to love Him and say, yeah, I, I, I know I love Him, but I, like, like you just said, sometimes we feel kind of guilty when we really haven't loved Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Even today... Going from the time that I got up and uh, here I am now, have I 
loved Him with every ounce of my strength all the way through? Well, I'm not so sure, but every day, you know, it's constant. You know, every ounce of us is to love Him with all of our strength, every part. You say, it's rather dawning, isn't it? You say, yeah, but how can, how can I do that? I want to do that. I just don't seem to give my all sometimes. I feel like I fail. I feel like I'm guilty, right? And so, you know, I think what, what this should really bring us is that really God is not giving us something here that's unreasonable in His requirement, in His commandment. Matter of fact, He only asks our love. If we start with the greatest commandment, and if we really do love Him, then we're going to obey Him. We're, we're going to be wanting to do those things. That, that's what He asks. Uh, it's not a burden. When He says, I just want you to... And by the way, it's not even our own love. <laughs> it's His love that we're giving back. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he doesn't... Is it any labor for the bride to, to love her husband? Well, of course not. Love is delightful. That's what we like. Uh, but the funny thing is, if we look at man by by his nature, as far as one who is lost, and, well, you go back to Romans one thirty. You can go to any scripture. There's a lot of them dealing with that. I mean, um, dealing with what we thought of God before He saved us. In Romans one thirty, slanders. He's talking about people who are depraved, a depraved mind, and you get down to slanders, haters of God. Haters of God. That's what they are. The unbelieving world are haters of God. They know nothing about loving God. Now, some could fear God in that they'd be scared. I mean, we're going to have a healthy fear, reverential respect for God, but there's some who fear God but don't love Him. You know, they're, they're afraid of Him or they have a religious mode about Him. Uh, but we even know, following His law, even the ordinances or knowing that there's judgment, um, that still is not acceptable to God by trying to please God by that way. Um, it's really the power of the Spirit of God that is infused in us. He infuses the love right into our soul. He grants that, gives it to us. And so therefore... Uh, when we're dealing with uh, earnest prayer and endeavor to to know Him, uh, seeking His grace of love, that's whenever we um, grow. And all those who bear the name of Christians are, are lovers of God. We just want to seek Him out more. And so to enhance our love for Him, right? Of the love that He's given us. In uh, Psalm 31.23, it's just a simple... Uh, sentence here in that verse. O love the Lord, all ye godly ones in the NAS, or saints, that'll say in another translation. That's another that's a command right out of the Psalms, but it's we don't take that as all no. Yes, that's what I want to do. Yes. That is what worship is about. It's what life is about. Um, and somebody pointed out uh, while ago, it's not how much we do. Uh, yeah, that was you, Marcus, right? But it's how much we what we love. And of course, to know what that love is, we have to find out from the Scripture. But if a servant doesn't do his work willingly, and if it's not out of love, then it's not acceptable as far as the Lord is concerned, uh, duties are not mixed together here with, with love. Anyway, we'll get to the second one. Now, after knowing that the command is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Or you also find that in, in the Gospels. The only reason we can love God is, and it's out of First John, what is it? He first loved us. We know that. God is love, right? First John says that He is love. I mean, that's His very nature. It's His very uh, attribute. It is Him. It's His characteristic. It is Him. He is love. Now, you know, you guys know 
probably the difference between there's communicable attributes and then the non-communicable attributes. The attributes like, okay, love he grants to us, right? Um, that's an attribute. But there's omnipresence that God has that he doesn't communicate to us. We can't be everywhere one time. Or omnipotence, right? Omniscience, knowing all. Those are certain attributes that only God keeps to Himself. There are a lot of other attributes, and of course this is one of the grandest of all. Maybe at the top. Well, if you take faith, hope, and love, these three are the greatest gifts, and love is above those. So, it ranks really high. (laughs) I think it's one of the most important, the greatest commandment. Wow, this four-letter word here is a beautiful word. Um, We cannot love Him at all. By the way, if it weren't for him, we would hate him. And we try we try to understand that now. Why would anybody ever want to hate him? Look what he does. Look what he, he gives. You know, his common grace is incredible. And then, of course, believers know the, the the saving grace and all that goes with it in, in in our lives that we live. But in and of ourselves, we would never have any love for God. We would never choose to do that. We have no ability to love him. We wouldn't want to. Uh, we'd hate it. Uh, he is. This is the very existence of God, and you know that's. So it starts with Him, and so He first loved us. The first John four nineteen, right? So He gives that love to us, so we can love Him. Incredible thing. So I, I guess the question we always want to ask is, do I do I want to enhance my my love for Him? Um, we can be sure of God's love for us. Here's what Watson said, a pretty good statement. I thought. As it is with burning glass, as if the glass burned, it is because the sun has first shined upon it. Else it could not burn. So if our hearts burn in love to God, it is because God's love has first shined upon us. Else we could not burn in love. Our love is nothing but the reflection of God's love that He's given to us. Otherwise, we'd have nothing at all. Matter of fact, can you imagine a world that God would just set forth and all of a sudden say, I'm not giving my love to anybody anymore at all. (laughs) I think the world would be destroyed in a a moment's time. We have the capacity, I guess, you know, as far as world wars and such, how quick things would happen. uh, And and the Christians are the salt. They're the ones that have that love. And of course, with God's even... You know, it's common grace to, to keep that together. It's, that it can't come from anywhere else. I know C.S. Lewis, whenever he wrote his book, Mere Christianity, he was, he was talking about what, where does love come from? If you ask, ask an atheist, everything is so impersonal. There's no personal God or anything. And then you start talking about something like the element of love. And they can't really answer that, can they? Other than... Love him. I mean, how could we love anybody? Exactly. You got it. That's the whole point. So thank the Lord because He's granted that to it. Boy, it would be. I can't imagine a world without that, even at all. Loving God, it is the, the number three. If you're looking at the sheet there, it just kind of helps guide us through. This, it's the most noble and excellent grace. If you know, actually, we are resembling God. You know, He makes us in His image, and we are to grow to be like Him in love. Let's turn to First John four sixteen. There's a lot of a lot of verses that come out of First John because He uses the test of love, whether you, whether you love your brother. Uh, if you don't, then it shows you that you're really not a Christian. And you know you have, and so he explains what a true biblical love is. Um, does somebody have that First uh, John four sixteen? So we have come to know the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we abide. We we live in Him. If His, if his love is in us, and um, there's the love that God has for us. Love is a grace, and it's, it's most delightful. We delight in God, 
And uh, of course, he delights whenever we love him back with the love that he gave us. <laughs> I, I think of uh, little kids who don't have any access to money or anything, but um, they're given some money to buy their parents a gift. They, w- <laughs> right. they wouldn't have any other way to get that, but they really want to get them something. The parents give them you know, that. I think it's uh, kind of interesting. It, the, our father here is giving this so we can give some of that back, and he delights in it. Uh, so, uh, you know, and of course, I, I think that faith is not true unless it works by love. Repentance would not be true unless it worked by love. If we're just doing things by road. And of course, that's the problem where a lot of people get into by doing things to please God just by doing outward things. But there's no, if there's no love there that's involved, they're just doing their religious activity that they're supposed to do, then the love is not there that uh, has to come from Him. Uh, has to flow, doesn't it? There's a spring of love. And uh, Watson said, Love is the incense which makes all our services fragrant and acceptable to God. So when we serve God with whatever we're doing, it's an incense. It's a fragrant aroma that goes up, Paul said in another passage. The, the next one, the fourth one, is God is the most adequate and complete object of our love. There is nothing else. Nothing. All the excellencies that are there in as far as creation is concerned, uh, God has all the excellencies in Him and, and we're united in Him. Uh, you know, He is wisdom, He is beauty, He is love. He's the very essence of goodness. He's at the top on everything. You think of all the excellencies, the majesty, all the fresh beauties that sparkle from God. You know, we will, you know, it's, it's just like ravishing. We're ravished with delight <laughs> when we think about it. There, I mean, there's nothing else that, you know, like people want to say, well, I want to buy the best. I want to get the best there is. You remember that? Whatever is available, I want the best. Well, here he is, right here. <laughs> this is the best. And we get to offer this to people. Whether they're unbelievers or whether they're believers, we get to offer, uh, you know, another excellent part of, of, of who Christ is. And uh, as we use the, the gifts that He's given us, uh, there's nothing in God to deaden in any affections at all. Or that would quench our love. There's nothing, nothing there. It's all perfect. No deformity, no infirmities in Him. I mean, there is not the least imperfection. Excellence in God. So we cannot spend our love upon a better object. Let's go to Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And beside you I desire nothing on earth. Where else will we go? And we have his have his word and his promises. I mean this this is a how do people live without Christ? The fifth one is loving God is contemplating on God, thinking, um, meditating, taking those scriptures and, and, and chewing on them, thinking about how wonderful, how amazing God is. Uh, he who is in love with a, another person. another uh, So you have a couple. A man and a woman. <laughs> a girl and a boy. Okay, when, when they're in love, they put everything to, towards them. Um, they're, they're thinking of them all the time. They're, they're, they're wondering you know, what, you know, what they're about and who they are, right? They're just learning. And uh, they can't wait... To, to see them. Now that's the kind of attitude that uh, we're to have. I, I, what is it? In Psalm 139. Uh, that's a famous chapter, isn't it? Aha! Uh-huh. Verse 18. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I am awake... 
I am still with you. So, you know, thoughts are like uh, kept heavenward. Uh, I'm still with you. Uh, you. You know, when okay, let's say you've been sleeping, boom, as soon as you wake, you can't help but think about the Lord. Matter of fact, and the older that I get, the more aware <laughs> that first thing that I want to do before I get out of bed is say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that I could take this step <laughs> out of here and I can put my pants on <laughs> and uh, not feel too much pain <laughs> yet. <laughs> and if I do, thank you, Lord, anyway, right? <laughs> we get to thank Him even more, right? <laughs> uh, he is a treasure. And, uh, of course, we think of where the treasure is, there is the heart also, right? Um, I think it's a good test of uh, our love to God. What are our thoughts? What are most of our thoughts upon? Are they about all the things of the world? There's things out there we have to be thinking of. Of course, you know, we have to take care of business and do what has to be done. But really, where do we always go to? Uh, matter of fact, there's a computer term. What is that uh, whenever you automatically go to... What, yeah, default. The default setting. Here we go. We, I just picked up something different. Yeah, default. i got to use that. Uh, that's where our thoughts should always go. And uh, just at the time where we got done what we did with our business, then, you know, we think about Him and, and, and delight, contemplating on Christ, contemplating on His, on His glory. Number six, loving God is just desiring close communion. With all these things tie together, you know, just... Number five. If I got five on there, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to use numbers because I changed. <laughs> I did something on my notes that I didn't change on the outline. <laughs> I usually I always come back and fill those outlines in, and uh, there was something I changed. So I don't know whether I've missed one or I'm ahead of you or what, but uh, we're just flying right along. <laughs> um, look at oh Psalm 84 too. Keep going back to Psalms in the New Testament. You guys do this all the time anyway, don't you? Isn't this what really you really do? Just... Well, it's great for our wrist. It keeps those up in good shape. And you guys still real, using real Bibles, right? <laughs> A lot of people using digital ones? No. I mean, we went all over the place. Oh, you're kidding me. No. You guys use scripture? That's good. That's good. <laughs> you turn it so quickly, huh? Hey, it's a great exercise. It's letting God speak. That's really yeah. I know that's that's what you do. Matter of fact, I've I've uh, read Dennis's sermons a lot of times we, uh, way back in the old days when Facebook we first got involved with Facebook. He's the one that got me involved in, in Facebook. I don't know if I ever would have gotten on it, and you know he he, he kind of made me do it. You know he kept you know, but it was in a really cool way. You know he said, hey, you got on there yet? You know I uh, you know, but this is quite a few years ago now. That is quite. It is. I, I don't know. It's. Uh, Probably at least seven years, something like that. You think? It's been a while. But anyway, thank you for doing that yeah. because it you I know it takes somebody to urge me. <laughs> but that's how we. But then I could get on there, uh, you know, and uh, I could I could see his his notes for for Sunday morning. I'd read them on Saturday, and I said, "This is really cool." You know, here we are. You know, and uh, we don't get to be at the same worship service at the same time. But actually, we we have a couple times or so our churches have gotten together. <laughs> What's that? Did you put it on? Do you put it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think so. That's yeah. So you got you got plenty of scripture, right? And that's that's what it's all about. It's 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 great to hear what what God has to to share with us. What's he what's he speaking at here? Psalm 84.2 says, My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. 
My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Amazing how when you're thinking about communion with God, you're also thinking about singing and joy. Uh, it's not all suffering and, and uh, having uh, difficult times at all, is it? We have a, a good balance. And uh, I like this longing and yearning. Uh, you think of the courts of the Lord, you think of the temple. You think about getting there with the Lord and praying and singing with God's people. Of course, it's, it can also be used in a spiritual way as we're in the courts of the Lord. Uh, we, have the, uh, we have the call to go to Him all the time. <laughs> praying always, he says. So, uh, King David, being debarred from the house of God where it was a tabernacle and the visible token of His presence was was there, uh, the dwelling places. He, he remember he couldn't he couldn't really get uh, the temple uh, built by himself. Of course, his son did Solomon. Uh, David wanted to do that, but the, there was a tabernacle. Uh, but you know he breathed he breathed God. That's that's really what it, it was about. You know when whenever we pray we that's that's our breath, uh, a very pathos uh, desire. Be with the Lord, the living God. To converse. He wants us to talk with Him. Oh, just to, just to be able to talk. You know, as you're riding along in the car sometimes, just certain thoughts come up. and It's just being God conscious all the time. And that's where we meet with God. We, we, uh, if we love God, we, we love His Word, His ordinances, His law, because that's where we meet. And, you know, He speaks to us through His Word and then we also get to speak him with him in prayer. What a what a great privilege it is. It really is. So it's desiring this kind of intimacy. We we can't wait to talk with somebody to meet with them. You know that's the way it always is to be with the Lord, being uh, being His presence. Um, let's go to the next one. Loving God is crucifixion. This is based out of Galatians 6.14. This is where Paul, who had taken on much persecution, actually, you know, he bore the marks of the persecution. He had visible marks on him. But um, it was all a thing, I think, that uh, in a sense, in a healthy sense, he took pride in. Because <laughs> this was... For, for Christ. It's how much He, he loved Him. It was it Galatians 6.14? But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And of course, we know that in, uh, he talks about in verse 17 he had the brand marks, the physical results of the scars and all the wounds that went with what he did, but uh, there was a thing that he wanted to know the sufferings. Oh, that I would know the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, and the sufferings of Christ. That's still a hard one for me to pray for. <laughs> but um, it's it, it, being crucified to the world. Uh, of course, the world considered him to be crucified out in that sense. Um, he loved God so much. And and you know, when you take a stand for who He is, there will be people who will not like that. And they will hurl insults and whatever else that uh, they may have. That's because we, we admire our Lord. We love Him. We know He's, he's right. And uh, so we think about the things in the heavens and not below even when those things can be happening. Um, loving God also is loving what God loves. And God, I had to put in here about loving God's Word. I think God loves His own Word. But I, he wants glory in everything that He does because there's nothing else that can compare with it. He wants all of the glory. He loves what He says because it's absolute truth and everything that is Him. He is love. He is truth. Uh, so we are to love God's Word. Um, a lot to be said, in the, uh, I think, out of the Psalms. 
course, in 119, Psalm 119, uh, longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, every verse is about the Word of God. Uh, just to pick out one of them in here, 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. wonder what the worth of a gold piece would be today. Thousands. He's just talking about an infinite amount. Your word is better to me than all the money that I could possibly have. Your how many people would trade your Bible for that money? Oh boy, it would be. Yeah, you know, I can just buy, take that money and buy another Bible. They might say, "I'll take the <laughs> But we're yeah, we're talking the value yeah. of the Word of God. Like in other countries, exactly. And boy, how precious it is to the ones who who love God and and uh, oh what they would give just to have a few pages you know but um David esteemed the word I think highly because you, know, you think of there he's talking about how good this is I have to think in John or not John Psalm Psalm 19 again uh here he's talking about the word of God and the first um uh, about six verses he's talking about creation you know, the heavens, they're telling the glory of God. So you can see it in, in creation, God has revealed Himself. Then he starts in verse 7, and he starts talking about the Word of God. And of course, that revelation is even more supreme than creation. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They're more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. And the drippings of the honeycomb. Now, that was always a precious analogy that they would have. He's thinking of the of the greatest that this off of this world has to offer, and having you know, of course, possessions and such. And it, it comes down to this: the word of God is much sweeter than all that. That's what keeps us going because we we know that God and His truth and His promises they are. So precious, so true. So we we love the Word of God, don't we? Um, seemed like uh, one time I heard somebody say, "I was coming from a liberal church." They said, "Oh, we don't love we don't love the Word of God." You know, I've seen people be too too much in, you know about the Word of God and too much doctrinal, and then they'll say. It's it's loving Jesus that matters to me. But how can you separate Jesus from you know you got to have the living Word, but the living Word speaks in His Word, and it has to be together. To, so you know it's well, it's what always I got mean, me. Christ said, I believe, you love me, you obey my commandments. Why you obey Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's right here. That's right. And, and what a privilege we have to be able to open these things up and just go right to it. How about God's people? God loves His people. He loves His saints. So, we love the picture that God gives when we see the image of God as we have been new creations. The image of God is sitting all around us when the church gathers together. The image of God. Shining in the saints. Uh, look in 1 John 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. So whoever is loving God loves the saints. They, uh, and, and John just goes on to show you, if you say you hate somebody, if somebody can actually say they hate people, then there has to be a question of how can this guy be a Christian? 
I now have my doubts about this person because he says he hates that person, he hates that person. And I'm going, wait a minute. That person is born of God. Matter of fact, we can't even hate unbelievers because we're to love our enemies. <laughs> we, we can't do that, can we? Mm-hmm. It's possible to love, love a saint, yet not to love him as a saint. We may love him for something else, for his ingenuity or because he's affable and bountiful. A beast loves a man, but not as he is a man, but because he feeds him and gives him provender. That's what Watson said. Um, but we love the saints, and uh, it's quite precious. And we uh, we love the church. I like that. The church are really the called out ones. We love the church. As a matter of fact, that's we can't wait till the next week. You know, the week seems like it just keeps building up. We're supposed to be doing our thing as we go through the week and having our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with others as we work and do whatever we do. But everything builds up to the highlight of that special Sunday, you know? It really is. And, and of course, the, the church are, is just the, the people. And regardless of uh, who they are and what they've done and and such, we, we love each other. No matter the personal failings, you know, the more we get to know each other, the more the weaknesses we can see of others. And then we realize the weaknesses that we have, that they see. And that's good. That's healthy. The Lord uses those elements to make us love them even more. <laughs> because it's not natural to love people that are not like you. Um, like ourselves, and um, we we love the saints that are all across the world, the ones that are being persecuted. We don't even know them, haven't even met them. We will, of course. These people are people that you guys support. You know, your mission work. Be nice to meet those people. You you ran into the missionaries. You know them pretty well. You know, but then when you think about it, when you when you see them. And you see how the Lord worked through that. That's a love that a church has for the rest of the body. Lost souls coming there. And, and we'll be hearing about that. We have the rest of eternity to find out all that Lord was doing in that. Isn't that incredible? Won't that be great? We'll never get tired of that. When somebody brings a good a witness about somebody coming to the Lord, how the Lord brought them, and He used different ways and manners, different people. Don't you love it? It never gets old, does it? It's one of the greatest news. Whenever there are, there's one sheep lost or out of the fold and that sheep is brought in, uh, they all rejoice, don't they? Oh, no doubt. Um, loving God means obedience. And of course, I think uh, we, we know about that. And John fourteen twenty one says, He that has my commands and keeps them, it is he that loves me. Uh, I think, Marcus, you, you were talking about that one earlier. or along that same lines, you go through John, you see that quite a bit. <laughs> and we know that the one who abides in His Word, lives in His Word, it's dealing with obedience again. You can see somebody that says they're Christian, but they have no obedience. And it's like, there's the test right there. They're not showing me. I don't know for sure. I can't necessarily always know that that person is a Christian or not, but now they're not, they're not proving to me because they have no obedience. They're, they're disobedient in everything that they do. And then you go, well, oh, um, mortifying sin. He tells us to do that, to kill it, to cut it off, right? Uh, set ourselves against those things. So there's the war that goes on. So that's kind of, it's, it's tough things that there is the doing, but it's doing because He knows what's best for us and all the suffering that goes with that. Um, the next one is loving God longs for His appearing. If you love God, it's like you can't wait till He comes back because you really want to see Him. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> oh, how often do we say this? You guys say it as often as I do? Oh, for the Lord to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, Lord, you can come back now. I'm not so sure I'm going to be able to get out of bed this morning. <laughs> Second Timothy four eight. <laughs> In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. Who's that? <laughs> I think every Christian will loves His appearing. I don't think I've ever met a Christian. I mean, could it be possible? I don't know. But have you ever met a Christian who says, well, I'm not really ready for the Lord to come back. I'd rather have a good time here for a while. Yes, I have heard. <laughs> have you heard that before? <laughs> well, supposedly. Did you say it? Well, I can I can see that because they you know they want to get married and, and and of course they're not they're not much, too mature at that time and of course the Lord and and they can be believers in that I I know what you're saying there but I think that, yeah. like even Paul said he longed to be in heaven but at the same time he knew it was more necessary for him to be here sir. to be here and I think in one sense we do we know when we get to go to heaven there's people who won't. Right, if it was that time of his Perusia. But exactly. if we had the opportunity to share the gospel and see God use through sovereign grace that person to litigate, you know, we we do have to right. that, but we really don't want to go home. Right. There's we're, Well, Paul said, I'm torn, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually, Lord, but in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the meantime. Yeah. Um, First John three two uh, I think probably one of the most famous for this one um, boy this this always gets me excited and and John writes the word beloved to start with don't you like that as we're talking about this subject now we are children of God in the meantime but, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be we know that when he appears. We will be like him because we'll see him just as he is. And there's the motivation for this. And everyone who has the hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. I mean, even right now we're being sanctified, being purified in that sense. And the motivation is the fact that Christ is coming back. And we know that without a doubt. The imminent return. He is going to come. And I think that's a fundamental of the faith. If one doesn't believe in the return of Christ, what what point? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, what's it? What do we do? Uh, of course, I, I think everybody knows the Revelation twenty-two at the end. You like that? Read it. Read it. Twenty-two uh, seventeen and twenty. There's the invitation, and and we're inviting that. And then we see in verse 20, how does it read here? He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we have the, the Spirit and the church, I guess what you could say, the whole answer to the fact of the promise of His coming. And then, of course, it's like saying, hey, quickly. But it'll only come in the perfect time that He's already ordained to come. And and it's still okay to say, come quickly, because that's part of Scripture too. Yeah, our timing can be a little different. <laughs> he's a patient God because there are still people that He's going to save. Oh, the next one. Loving God means increasing your love for Him. Philippians 1.9. This is a prayer. 
That's a great prayer. Matter of fact, I've got a feeling you guys probably say this prayer for certain people all the time. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more. <laughs> abounding, you know, just like abounding totally out of this building, across the highway, across the field, across Columbia. <laughs> Boom, exponentially. That's the, that's very uh, good analogy there. More and more in real knowledge and all discernment. So, but he's abounding in this this love that your love would abound. It should be as like the light of the morning. You get a little bit of light, a little bit more coming through, and there it is at daybreak, and then it shines even brighter. And that's that's where it's already shining like a, a, the morning, you know, when we first become Christians. But it, like it, it becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. This love, sparks of love, just blowing up to divine sparks more and more. As Paul said in that prayer, that's what he prayed for them because that's what he had, and he wanted them to know that. And yet at the same time, he wanted more and more of all the knowledge that he had. And it just keeps going and going. This is an eternal thing, and it'll keep going through eternity. And when we're glorified, we won't have any uh, things holding us back. And yet, even then, we still not be able to exhaust all the reasons. Can you imagine? Even in our glorified body. That's right. It'll never get old. It'll just keep, I guess, in a sense, get better. Or I don't know if we'll get. Uh, can we use that word? <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Loving God is sensitive about when the wicked dishonor God. If we uh, if we love God, our hearts ache whenever there are things done by wicked people and things go on in this world. And our battle is not against flesh and blood anyway. We know who. We're really battling. It's a spiritual battle, but to see not only the, I guess, really, it's, it's, we can think of the morality that's it's just been broken down, and things have happened. Just a flood of wickedness just seems to be coming in, and even more. Just like, oh, hey, did you have that Facebook um, contribution today, where the there was a flood in California or, or coming down from the mountains as a flash flood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy kept that, backing up and backing insane. up and the river was... Yeah, I had the... Oh. I, yeah, I posted that too. That I, was good. But that was the craziest... I had to turn the sound on that one. I never seen that. I didn't know it happened that quick. I didn't either. That was immediate. Uh-huh. And I immediately thought of the way it is in our world now. Yeah. It seems like it just all been unleashed and it just coming. Yeah. It yeah. just it was going he could, he could back up quick enough it seemed like. I know. I it, kept thinking it was going to overtake him. It it got so close as he uh-huh. kept doing that and then he finally got to turn around and he got out of there and yeah. another guy stopped the whoa. But it was it just kept coming down that that highway. Yeah. And I'm going, "Oh, wow, that's kind of what is happening here." It's like a mixed thick watery mess. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like mud and, and such. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get caught up in that. No, can you imagine trying to? I mean, you'd be done for oh, if yeah. that caught him. Yeah. Anyway, um, we do, we hate it when his name is dishonored, and when things are done so wickedly by wicked people. Uh, even Lot in Second Peter two seven, and we know Lot. You know, he made a wrong choice about going where he did. But he was a righteous man. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Isn't God gracious? Here you'd think nothing almost but bad about Lot and say, yeah, he's a believer. But <laughs> but you know, God is something else. He, he, uh, he um, In Second Peter, uh, it's talking about uh, the picture of Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 7. And if, you, and, and if he rescued righteous Lot... <laughs> Oppressed by the oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, he was oppressed by it. For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, there's a second time, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. And I guess we should feel grief over 
what's happening in, in uh, the political realm, the educational realm. I mean, in almost every facet. The media. I mean, it just goes on and on. And we're being flooded and then this is coming right down the highway to us. And it's like, there's a lot. And it grieved him severely. And I'm sure he prayed for these people who were so evil. We've we've come to the end. I had love to God must be active, and it's it's an active element. It's called the labor of love. First Thessalonians one three. A labor of love. It's no labor at all, is it? That's the thing. You know, if, if we are serving God and serving others, it's something that we just we just like to do. And it's for God. And then, of course, we close out with something so obvious. Love to God must be with all the heart. And that's kind of what we started with. Our love to God is to be entire. And uh, the more we enjoy of Him, the more we're just ravished with delight. He gives a reward right here of taking delight and joy in Him. Simple subject, simple topic, but it's one of the deepest, when you think about it, all these verses are familiar, aren't they? Nothing here was like anything new, but it's good to be reminded. And so let the Lord stir those thoughts up that we pursue. Shall we pray? Father, we thank You for this day. And it's been a precious day, a precious day as we worship You and have been with Your people. Lord, and that we'd never take it for granted. And Lord, we do live in a challenging time, but never let our our love for you wanes so that we really forget where things are at. We know that there are circumstances that can be all around us and there are a lot of things. But we know because of your love, you take the worst of things and the best of things and you still make them all for good. And thank you for loving us so that we can return as much as we can back to You and help us to be ever more looking to You and being conscious of You in, in all that we are involved with. And as we go out of here, may we give a little love to the people that we touch. In Jesus' name, Amen.